Hello and welcome to the Got Till 5 podcast. My name is Max Gurdon and my co-host as always is Jesse Patrick Benz. That's me. Um, that's the first time I've heard that intro and it was all right, actually. Yeah. Nice scar and upbeat and that's fun. That's Didn't our new music, us, uh... is it? Didn't put as much effort into uh, into the actual top five drop that's coming, the new top five drop. Oh, so, got, uh, I was nervous. I was nervous. One, we? Yeah, we got we, uh, we got something coming. Don't worry. Don't oh, worry. I'm excited. Cool. A new dawn. A new dawn has begun. So, hello, new listeners. God, I hope there's new listeners. Um, and hello, maybe old listeners. Maybe some people stayed with us. For people that don't know, we were predominantly a wrestling podcast for the better part of two years. And we have now decided to switch it up a little bit and leave the rassles behind and become a more general, friendly to everyone podcast. So we're discussing everything that we can literally do a top five on. And uh, I'm scared. I'm excited. And I'm just happy I get to keep doing this with you, Jesse. Well, we are a beautiful partnership and um, we get to spread our wings away from wrestling for a little bit. So sorry, everyone. We might go back to it when this all goes tits up. Who knows? Yes, that's that may, might be the plan. Um, if you are still listening from when we were doing the, the wrestling stuff, thank you very, very, very much for sticking with us. That's a, a huge compliment and a massive ego boost to us, so that's great. You're such a little bum licker. Oh, I've got to, Jesse. Like, we can't be cocky like we were in, in the last couple of episodes. Oh, I'm being cocky. I'm being desperate. cocky. I'm bringing it in. That's kind of your thing. Apes. Okay. So what <laughs> is this aquatic apes that you were banging on about before we came on? So I was reading today about um, aquatic apes. So it's a theory of evolution that says that we come from water monkeys, basically. You know those little monkeys, that you, the little dust that you buy in shops and you grow your little water monkeys at home? That's basically us, mate. That's what we were when we was little. So like now, so evolution, they're saying, right, um, we swim way more than other monkeys. So they reckon we've come from this type of monkey that spent a lot more time in the sea than other stuff. Hence the reason we've got way less hair. We store blubber in our cells. Fatty fat. Like um, dolphins or whales and that. Like that's all stuck in there to keep us warm in the water. Monkeys and that don't do that. So we're probably these crazy little water monkeys with gills. Well, not gills, that's going too far. But like with <laughs> um, webbed hands and stuff. But everyone needs to give it a Google. Um, and it's literally called Aquatic Ape Theory. There's a whole Wikipedia page on it. I spent five minutes reading it. And, and now you're an expert on it. Now that this is it. your whole basis <laughs> of belief of evolution. It's just like, yeah. yep, aquatic monkeys. That just makes sense. I'm into it. This should be a thing for the new podcast. So every week I'm going to bring a new um, like theory to live your life by. <laughs> and, um, this week, it's aquatic monkeys. And can it be a new theory that you've spent barely any time researching or fact-checking? You know, just classic you. I've barely researched or fact-checked anything in my life. I don't even know your name. That's a fair point. Um, okay, cool. I, I would really love to disprove you right now, and I, I will spend the next two weeks learning about aquatic apes to, to do that. Do it did say it's been um, largely criticised as pseudoscience, but so was gravity probably. <laughs> Fifty years, you're going to be a goddamn hero. Exactly, be praising your I'm genius. Ready for this. Uh, so, um, don't know where to go from aquatic monkeys. So let's talk about what we're doing in this episode, shall we? The pressure of picking a top five that's not wrestling related was stupid. And I think the that first I, one is mental. I got in my own head a little bit, and 
I, I didn't talk to family. I, I, I was <laughs> mumbling as I walked down the street. It just wasn't healthy. But you're assumed dead by many people. Many people. There's there's uh, there's an Amber Alert out for me. I presume that's for adults as well as children. There <laughs> is what you're about. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> so we decided to do the top five Jim Carrey movies. A nice, safe one. Everyone loves Jim Carrey. He's a great talent, a great actor. The Sonic the Hedgehog movie comes out next Friday because we want to try and keep these top fives semi-topical. I mean, as topical as me and Jesse get, loosely based. I mean, the original idea that Jesse pitched was, what was it, top five members of the royal family? Uh, yeah, I started with that. Then I moved to um, top five right-wing fascists that we secretly admire. Um, but that's as a joke, let's just clarify that to the new listeners as a joke. Uh, you can tell yourself that. And um, but yeah, I think Jim Carrey is a neat little um, way in because sort of the Hedgehog movie is coming out, as you said. Cinema will peak on the release of that film. So until that film comes out and changes all of our lives, we need to um, make sh- like we- this is a pre-Sonic Jim Carrey that we can nurture right now. This is true. This is true because we don't know what's going to happen come Valentine's Day. What are you getting me for Valentine's Day? Um, nothing. I'm going to be in Amsterdam. I'm going to be, I'm going to be what filming are you and me back shit. From Amsterdam for Valentine's Day. I'm bringing my what? What are you going to get get me? Bring it me from from Amsterdam for Valentine's Day, please. Nothing. We've never no. we've never done this. We're, We're not going to start doing. I'm that. saying it. We got new listeners, probably. Hopefully, thank you, everyone. So you have to. <laughs> they're all listening. They all know. So you have to get me something from Amsterdam. Alright, I will bring you back a present. (laughs) Not quick, I'm not going yet. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Uh, Yes, I promise I will. But uh, I presume you're going to go see Sonic in cinemas? No, I'm going to go just watch it in a puddle. Where do do you think people go to watch films? I don't know. I didn't know if you're going to wait or if you're going to... Because I have no real inclination to see this when it first comes out. I know Jesse is a massive Sonic hand. uh, Hand? Sorry, my hand went in front of my face when I said that. I just immediately said hand. Uh, Jesse is a you massive... <laughs> I was that nervous. Uh, Jesse is a massive Sonic fan. I am a massive Sonic fan. and I... But I'm different to you because I enjoy Sonic for his shitness. Whereas everyone else seems to not... All the other Sonic fans don't like it ironically. But there's so much awful Sonic stuff out there. you just got to enjoy it. And I think this film is going to be one of those things. It's not consistent as a franchise. No, not at all. And uh, But that excites me. You never know what you're going to get. It's it's true. They've done, what, about 20% good, 80% bad? Is that a fair? Uh, yeah, I might even go 15, 85, to be honest. Wow. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, but the good stuff's really fucking good. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. And same for, for Jim Carrey. He, he has had a very good section of films. He's had a couple of hit and misses down the road. But we spoke about this, and it was very much... He hasn't got a massive filmography. Uh, he's got about 30, I think, um, films, which... Um, yeah, been, for a, for 30 years like, he's been going. Yeah, that, one a year. That's, Lazy um, fuck. But, but, hey, Jimmy Trivia, J- Jim Carrey Trivia, he um, was the first actor ever to have three US box office number one films released in the same year. That's pretty balling. It's pretty balling, bitch. Is that that's like, why do you make me say balling? That's I don't know. I just wanted to see what would happen. I knew you'd worked. copy me as well. I know. I could roll away like a little ball. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's good for Jim Carrey. But we better get into these top five films, isn't it? 
in it, mate. Let's do it. I happen to love the number five. It's got till five time. That was that was an amazing drop. I've never heard that before. And you wanted to come straight in with got till five time, and you went, it's got five. <laughs> Maybe we should just like re-record this when I'm less uh less in my own head. Yeah, maybe. That's a good drop. He's got quotes from like all of my favorite things. Well done. I was gonna say those are well, there are favorite things. That's what we've bonded our friendship Bye. over all these years. <laughs> and a lot of people are going, especially the Marvin quote, that's uh that's gonna go over a lot of people's heads. <laughs> there's some there's some good stuff in there. I see why you asked me for my favorite Simpsons quote now. And I just gave you every quote. <laughs> For the past two days now. Yeah, and I'm not stopping. I'm going to keep giving you more quotes. Look forward to the top five Simpsons quote episode coming in the future. That will come in the future. All over my face. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, jeez. So the first uh, the first episode was voted for by the Got Till Five Twitter. What, what do we call them? I've forgotten. Milky. Twi- um, Got Till Five Milky Way Universe. That's the ones. So that's the fuckers. Uh, they voted for film. So we picked film. Film. Well, Jim Carrey's in film, so that's lucky, isn't it? Yeah, we nailed that one. Um, so we're going to be discussing top five Jim Carrey movies, giving you a rundown, our favourite bits, a little bit of facts and trivia dropped in there. It's going to be a wild ride. Also, there's going to be some clips thrown in, if I can be bothered, you know, post-editing, baby. There we go. You definitely can be bothered, because um, now you've said episode. it. If you don't, yeah, people will be upset. Exactly. Um, yes, who would like to go first? You should probably go first. I've been talking a lot today. Okay, fine. I'll go first. I've been quite reactive, haven't I? Which yeah, is, um, I like it. Quite good for me, yeah. So I'm, I'm coming in strong. I'm starting with um, the film that is on some list of Summit. I've forgotten. Um, it's on the top, top 100 best American comedies of all time. This is the only Jim Carrey film that's in this list by the official film people or whatever. It is the 1994 release, Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber, Dumber. Yeah, starring Jim Carrey, obviously, and um, Jeff Lloyd, who um, wasn't, like, was only cast in that film because Jim Carrey insisted on it because it was his mate, and everyone hated him, apparently. Really? <laughs> like, Why? The producers wanted him gone because they didn't think he would do a good job. But I think he did a great job. I thought yeah. he was good. Look at him he now. good times. Yeah, I don't know what he does now. Dumb and Dumber 2, what else has he done? I didn't watch Dumb and Dumber 2. No, nor me. I was going to ask you if you'd said that. It looked terrible. Yeah, but... it's it's best to leave the memories alone sometimes. Yes. And there's a couple of other, I'm sure we'll talk about them later, Jim Carrey sequels that don't involve Jim Carrey. Um, and they're not great. They made another Dumb and Dumber without Jim Carrey, didn't they? Like a prequel. Do you remember that? Mm. That, kid, that was definitely a thing. I forgot all about that till this second. But you're convinced it's a thing, like Aquatic Apes. It's a thing. Aquatic Apes is a thing, mate. It's got a Wikipedia page. Um, but yeah, they, they did. But anyway, Dumb and Dumber, I feel like it's sort of a largely forgotten Jim Carrey film nowadays. It was massive when it came out, obviously. But um, I think it just was so good. And the chemistry between him and Jeff was awesome. And this was still in the days when Jim Carrey was like the goofy guy that was cast in slapstick stuff. But Unlike Ace Ventura or The Mask, um, he or even Liar Liar to a degree, like he didn't 
he was just put in the real world instead of um, being in this sort of fantasy world or having something like the mask is like looks like a cartoon character. Ace Ventura looks like a cartoon character to a degree with his crazy hair and stuff. Yeah. But Dumb and Dumber, they just sort of look normal. They're in a real world. And it was awesome. Uh, fun fact, bit of trivia for you. The chip in um, Lloyd's tooth, um, Jim Carrey's character, is real. Um, Jim Carrey has has a cap on his teeth. Oh. Um, so he just took it off to play the wrong. So that, that was is a fun That's fact. Actual teeth look like. There you go. Um, but... Yeah, great film. It's got some great moments in it. Like, everyone remembers um, the piss-drinking policeman who pulls him over for speeding. Everyone remembers Jeff Lloyd's... Um, is it Jeff Lloyd? Um, I might have um, misremembered his name. That's how um, fondly I've remembered him. Um, <laughs> Jeff Daniels? Remember. Jeff Daniels! I was You're calling him Lloyd. Jeff Lloyd yeah. because Lloyd is the name of the character. Jesus, see, he's a very iconic actor to all of us. Um uh, yeah, piss drinking um, policeman. We've got um, the toilet bit when Jim Carrey nearly gets raped. That's uh, a very good scene. Good old nineties uh, comedy. It's it's awesome. Um, there's a man that dies from eating really hot chilies. Do you remember when? Yes. Or they accidentally slip rat poison. Like they give him rat poison. That's how he dies, isn't it? Because they think it's his pills, and he's trying to kill them. Pills are good. Pills are good. Quite sort of dark for um, a light-hearted family comedy. But good times. I just thought it was a great film. Um, really solid story. I like, spoiler alert, if no one's seen it, I like that he doesn't <laughs> We probably get should have done that at the beginning, shouldn't we? Yeah, probably. Um, but he doesn't get the girl at the end, which is quite unusual as well, because normally the goofball does get the girl, which is always very unrealistic, I think. So I think it's just a nice, well-thought-out story, played well, and um, everyone plays a good role in it. Another interesting fact that I found... Um, he was initially Jim Carrey. This is was initially offered seven hundred grand to do the film. Yeah, um, which isn't much for a big Hollywood film. Um, but they gave him that offer the same week that Ace Ventura was released, and Ace Ventura became such a massive hit <clears throat> that the uh, agent of Jim Carrey renegotiated his um, fee from seven hundred thousand dollars to seven million dollars, which was nearly half of the whole film's budget was Jeez. Jim Carrey's wage. Just doing see, that. I can see him going to this and negotiate me and just go, going to add a zero there. I'm going <laughs> to add a zero okay. there. <laughs> There's a few zeros. Oh, I dropped another zero. Here you go. There you go. That's for you. <laughs> uh, you're 100% right. There was a prequel in 2003 called Dumb and Dumberer when Harry yeah. met Lloyd. That's it. And, and I got that a, was it was awful. panned by critics, panned by critics. But there was also in 1995 an animated series by Hanna Barbera. Barbera? I did not know that. Yes. Hanna-Barbera. Yeah. Aired on ABC, part of the morning cartoon lineup on a Saturday. And uh, in the cartoon, Harry and Lloyd have reacquired their van, now named Otto. The cartoon also features a new character called Kitty, who's a female pet purple beaver who appears to be smarter than both the men. Yep. That's... I'm ready for I know. it. Well, that never made its way to England, did it? It didn't. Did and I, I feel like that? we need to, uh, need to find us. There was 13 episodes in total. Only ran for a season. But... Let's give it a go. Let's do it. We can find that. Let's, yeah, it's twenty twenty, baby. You can find anything if you want it. Exactly. I I went to a um comic con in London and I got to go in the actual Dumb and Dumber van, the dog no van. Way. Yeah, the dog, the big dog one. The big dog van. Me and me and Matt awesome. Steele. 
that's amazing. I know. It's one of, my, to Matt. one of my proudest moments. I bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's really cool. I love that that thing still exists. I like that Quentin Tarantino also still owns the pussy wagon from Kill Bill and occasionally drives around Hollywood in it. I think you would, though. Oh, God, yeah. Every day. I can't even drive it. I still would. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> solid, number, solid number five opener. Um, also, yeah, spoilers are an act uh, for this whole thing. After we've done our five, there's also some honourable mentions. So do not get disheartened if we do not mention your favourite Jim Carrey movie because they're all good. They're all good. They're not. They're some terrible ones, but good. most of them are good. Mr. Popper's Penguins. Oh, yeah, I completely forgot about that one. Uh, spoiler alert, that's not in my list. <laughs> Surprisingly, mine neither. Okay. Uh, my number... Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck, we haven't even explained the whole format of this fucking show. Jesus Christ. Why are you so shit? Amateur hour. Okay, so back up a little bit. Maybe I'll put this at the start. Who knows? Rewind! <laughs> That's my rewind noise. So me and Jesse will be sharing a top five between us. And if you've listened to previous episodes, normally there's a quiz and someone gets two, the other person gets three. That's not how we're going to do it on the new show. It's not fair. It's not right. So basically, we get two picks each. That's for definite. Five, four, three, two. And then we both present a number one. And we have to argue why... Number one should be number one in this particular list. We will then throw both options over to the Got Till 5 Milky Way universe on Twitter for you guys to vote, and that will be the canon number one, and the other person's choice will be banished from existence. Forever. Forever. God, nailed that. Okay, number four. You can't uh, stick that at the beginning, by the way. That'll sound really weird. <laughs> it's me really aggressively explaining. But, yeah, that sounded like that bit at the end of adverts on the radio when they sort of say, actually, we'll be charging a million pounds. It's not our fault, fine. I think I should just put that at the end of every episode. It'd be great. <laughs> okay, number four uh, is, I love you, Philip Morris. I love you too. Wait, I'm not called Philip Morris. Wait a minute. So uh, this is, I'm just going to read you the brief synopsis of this movie. It's a cop who turns con man who finds out he's gay. And once imprisoned, he meets the second love of his life, whom he'll stop at nothing to be with. Of course, it was a delicate situation. So I'd have to find the right way to break it to Debbie. You're what? I'm gay. What a lovely movie this is. It is a lovely movie, and Ewan McGregor plays Philip Morris, who mm -hmm. um, Jim Carrey falls in love with. Um, fucking brilliantly. I love Ewan McGregor. He's um, one of my favourite actors, actually, now I think about it. He's done some tip-top stuff, and this is one of them. And just, yeah, just a lovely, lovely film. If anyone hasn't seen it, you should, even if you're not a Jim Carrey fan, while you're listening, and you should, um, and you should um, uh, watch it, because it's not your typical Jim Carrey film. Get out. Get out now. <laughs> you don't belong here. Uh, no, it is an absolutely fantastic movie and uh, kind of a surprising one when it came out and also kind of surprised when you watch it because uh, it starts off quite weird and what's, what's the scene where he's just like banging that dude really hard? Do it, man! Come in my ass! That's the one. And That's the I scene. did. That's the scene. <laughs> and at that moment I went, I'm in. Whatever yeah, it was throw at well. me, I'm in. Yeah, and I was I was ready for the bear. It was, he was a proper bear as well. He was a proper bear. He was a proper bear. And it's just it is a lovely story, and it's a true story as well. Stephen J. Russell is an actual man, and he did all of these crazy things. Slightly, some bits are slightly exaggerated, like the AIDS thing he did before he met Philip Morris. Um, but he did escape prison like four times, which is kind of embarrassing for the law enforcement, which I'll get to in a second. 
Um, but overall, small the story- town America law, man. Um, small town America police are useless in my experience of various cases that I've got weirdly obsessed with. Normally, again, not. skimming Wikipedia pages, <laughs> but it's enough. Which I am an expert on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's all sorts of shit. It's, and it's the arrogance of these small town cops that don't want to um, bring in the big guys. You know, they're like, we can handle this. And it's like, mm, no, you can't. Come. No, you can't. And actually, no, I will talk about uh, him now because this is a nice kind of jump off point. So Stephen J. Russell is is the man that actually committed the crimes. Uh, he was sentenced to 144 years in prison. And you must be asking, Max and Jesse, how many people did he murder? Jesse and Max. How many... Does that no Max and Jesse flows better? Jesse and Max is alphabetical. It scans. Mm, I don't think it flows nicely. No, 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 I think it does. Think it's Jesse and Max. No, yeah, okay. Another pole. <laughs> Just throwing poles at them. Grabby, we don't want to float anymore, man. Poles. <laughs> but basically, he's sentenced to 144 years in prison. Probably sounds like he killed a baby or kicked a small lamb. We don't know. But basically, he got 99 years for the escapes. 99 years for just the escapes and 45 years for the subsequent scams, which basically says me, says to me, fucking hell, that you get more for embarrassing law enforcement and get a stricter punishment than actual the law breaking, which, uh, exactly. which is upsetting. And even worse than his ridiculous sentence for scamming a bit of money and money, you know, who cares about money? Print some more. That's how the economy works. <laughs> hot take hot take I read a Wikipedia page on it I know that, I know how this works well I skimmed it <laughs> skimmed it it's fine I read the synopsis <laughs> the references so and since 2010 which has been 10 years now he's been on a 23 hour lockup. he gets one hour a day to shower and exercise he will be eligible for final release March 13th 2113 when me and Jesse will still be doing this goddamn podcast but Bit of bit of silver lining in your cloud there, Jesse. He's eligible for parole on December fifteenth of this very year. Is he? He is. Oh man, I hope he gets out. Well, I was uh, watching reading. I was watching or reading an interview with him. I think I was reading an interview with him. And basically, people who get kind of like minor violent crimes get paroled after like twenty five years. Yeah, is the normal statistic for so for him to be kind of a, a model inmate. Being in this uh, solitary confinement, he's fairly confident that he's going to get out. I wonder if he's seen the film. I think he has, because uh, people send him fan mail, and there's some really cool interviews with him uh, oh, about all of this. Uh, he is very outspoken against Donald Trump. Not a fan. Not a fan. Ah, uh, just nice. to break people's hearts, he's no longer in love with Philip Morris. Ah, oh, that's a shame. Mm-hmm. That sort of makes sense, though. It's- Difficult to be in a relationship with someone on 23-hour-a-day lockdown, probably. It's true. And Philip Morris was released in 2006, so he's outliving his his best life. Yes, he is. And I saw interviews with Ewan McGregor where he like, hung out with Philip Morris to get the crack about him and that, and um, not like that. And <laughs> it, um, <laughs> He is Scottish. <laughs> and they, yeah, he is. And uh, they got on well after all that, um, which is quite cool. Ewan McGregor said he liked him, liked, liked his sort of soft-spoken nature. They they look quite similar if you ever look at a picture between the two, or you could just watch the movie because fun fact number one in the final courtroom scene, Stephen's lawyer Jim Carrey's character is played by the real life Philip Morris. There you go. Um, this is also a landmark moment for Jim Carrey's and Ewan McGregor's first ever on screen um, same sex snog. What a kiss it uh, was! 
what a kiss. It was a great kiss. I remember watching the extras on the DVD of this, and they really pumped each other up <laughs> before they snogged each other. Again, not like that. Um, like, really um, went into it, you know, before they snogged each other, and um, it came off as a great scene. It was good. I, for some reason, the scene that always sticks in my head is when he blows him on the boat and then spits yeah. it out afterwards, and then Jim Carrey just goes, ah, oh, you don't love me. And I don't know why, but that kills me every time. We've all been there. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, it's, no, it's all over the top. Um, and, um, I, I also like that Jim Carrey um, did, again, I saw some interview with him, um, because he sort of related to this character so much, and not related to him, but like felt like he was such a clever character. What he did is he shaved his hairline back to mm. make his forehead basically look bigger. Because he was like, I feel like this guy's got so much going on in his head that he essentially needs more of a frontal lobe to sort of deal with it all. So he took his hair back so that it looks like he's got a massive forehead, which I thought was a nice touch. Jim Carrey is a weird kind of method actor, and we'll get to it probably a little bit later on um, in your... Well, I know we will in the Honourable Mentions. Um, but yeah, he's such a method actor, and he's known for all of his silly stuff, but there is actually a good kind of serious actor underneath it all. Yeah, I think, yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll get to films later that... Um, aren't comedies they're just nice serious films he fucking smashes it he splashes out of the park exactly because this is a comedy but it's like a, a black dark comedy you know so there's still some it's good weird. shit in actually it. towards the start of this film there's a bit in this film where um he's trying to overdose on pills yes and he's crying sitting in a car eating loads of um, medications to try and kill himself and it's funny like yeah. i don't know why there's something about jim carrey's performance of doing that that is funny. He's crying and taking pills to try and kill himself. But no one else, no other actor could make you laugh at that. It's very strange. Yeah, he's 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 a one in a million. One in a million, I'd say. He is. And he's a bit mad now. He's a bit mad. Well, maybe he's just enlightened. You don't know. You don't know the struggles. No, I do. He's pretty mad. Yeah, he's pretty mad. <laughs> Payton's a good, though. Good painter. Good painter. Yeah, I like his um, like, political paintings, but it's just like Donald Trump farting and stuff <laughs> that's basically what he does isn't it that's that's my level of art intellect uh, i've got oh, yeah. one more one more funny little fact about this film when they were Better be funny yeah i find it kind of funny and little it is little while on set in new orleans uh they were filming at the orleans parish prison and one of the extras was actually dressed as an OWP inmate and was actually arrested by a real jail guard because he left the set in costume to get some of his belongings from the car so I just, I just love the explanation of that and how shit scared that extra must have been. That's a funny little fact. Well done. Don't humour me. <laughs> you, make, you make, you make me physically sick. sick. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, good. Uh, that's very good. Am I allowed to do my number three now, please? I guess. Thanks. So, um, yeah, he's done lots of lovely serious acting. Not in this one, mate. This is um, number three. <laughs> this is The Mask, um, which came out some year. And it was um, 90s, 95, 96, I think. I can't yeah. remember. I haven't got it to hand and I don't want to look rude by picking my phone up. I'm but, about um, to. He, okay. Um, but 94. It came out. 94. Um, fucking, oh yeah, of course, because this is one of the three films that came out in 94 that made him the first actor to have three number ones that year. Um so this one, um, unlike Dumb and Dumber, where they caught it in time to renegotiate it, they did not catch it in time to renegotiate this one. So he had signed on to be paid 450 grand for this film. 
before Ace Ventura came out and became a surprise hit and he became a massive star. I like so, that they go, oof, fucking... like 450 grand is not wank money. Yeah, I know, like... but for a like, massive Hollywood star, right? Um, so New Line Cinema, who made this film, saved shitloads of money because, number one, they got Jim Carrey for 450 grand. Number two, they had to spend way less on special effects than they expected to because Jim Carrey's just got a special effects face, like a real-life face. So they didn't have to True. actually pay all the money they expected to with all the crazy expressions and stuff because he could just do it. The Mask is based on a comic. I'm just talking like I've assumed that I assume everyone's seen it because it's like quite a famous film. Uh, the Mask is based on a comic book by Dark Horse, who I think are the same people that did Spawn. Am I right, nerd? Uh, yes. <laughs> I think so, yes. 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 So um, so you get the sort of vibe. So The Mask was sort of similar to Spawn in its darkness and all that. And um, pretty like he was killing people. He was an evil character when he had the mask on. And then the film comes out and they Jim Carrey'd it. And obviously there was like little nerds like you in the corner going, oh, they messed with the, they messed with the comic, man. They completely messed it. It's all Hollywood now. And it's a family film. And he used to kill people. And I'm going to kill people. I'm going to go to a cinema and watch The Dark Knight. Are you done? Eh? <laughs> Just about, yeah. Um um, that guy that um, went to the Batman cinema and killed people. Yeah. He was a bit mad, wasn't he? He was a bit mad. And uh, it was like half an hour before I had to go to a North American cinema and watch it. So I was on edge during that film. Yeah, I bet. Well, it's quite a big place, mate. But um, it's... Um, anyway, um, but that guy was, yeah, strange. I wonder what he's up to now. I might Google him after this. I like Googling prisoners from the past or like he's... people that did stuff ages ago. Do you remember Anders Brevik? Uh, oh, is, was he the, the white Norway supremacist one? dude? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I occasionally check in with him, <laughs> just Google him, see what's going on. See, the thing with Ian Brevik Watkins is like, lost profits. He's got <laughs> never check on Ian Watkins, but the Brevik man, uh, he's, he's he keeps complaining about his like civil rights and his human rights, and he's terribly treated. He's got like a PlayStation. He's got like a little suite. If I was going to get arrested anywhere, I'd get arrested in the in the Scandinavians. Yeah, man, he's being well looked after. Maybe that's why he did it. Um, but yeah, all sorts of um, fun. Anyway, we're getting sidetracked. Um, we'll talk about um, criminals another day. Um, Jim Carrey in The Mask. Yeah, so it's like family friendly ish, sort of family friendly up. Um, but I don't mind. I never read the original comic, and the film was obviously a massive hit. Um, I think visually, like the the CGI they use when he's like spinning around and transforming into the mask when he first puts it on and stuff hasn't aged at all, man. I no, think that still, still stands looks up. awesome. It looks really cool when the mask is like reaching around his head and stuff. It looks dope. And when um, the dog puts the mask on, it just everything looks cool. It's just really, really good. Um, also, um, his iconic yellow suit, right? The, we all think of the mask, right? We think of him in the yellow suit with the big yellow hat, fedora and that. Um, where is it for about five minutes in the whole film, that yeah. yellow suit? Well, it's because it. it was the like poster and the VHS cover just yeah, kind of gets yeah, ingrained yeah. by the image. Yeah, yeah. He, when he first wears it, he looks in the mirror and goes, hold on, sugar, daddy's got a sweet tooth tonight, which is a good line. Um, I also like P-A-R-T-Y because I got her. That's a like memorable you're, quote. You're delivering these fantastically. <laughs> well, you don't want to deliver. You can't like imitate Jim Carrey, can you? That's, that's one guy. Like No one has tried to be Jim Carrey without looking like an absolute dick. Would you agree on that? I, you just can't. I, would, I would agree. You can't like pretend to have that delivery. It just doesn't work unless you're the authentic model. Um, but 
yeah, great film. Uh, loads of improvisation in there, according to what I've been reading, of like these lovely bits and lines, like when he pulls the condom out of his pocket when he's making the balloons. Um, Jim Carrey just put that in his pocket. No one knew about it until time came of filming and he did it. Um, he um, said Mert, which wasn't in the um, script when he was as the Frenchman trying to snog Cameron Diaz, which they wouldn't probably have allowed in there if he hadn't delivered it so well. Um, and it also has, as I've regularly told you, um, the peak of cinema, um, the best scene ever made in film, which is, of course, they call me Cuban Pete. Open brackets. And I'm the king of the rumpa beat. Close brackets. And when I play the maracas, I go cheeky boom, cheeky boom. Which is a sentence me and Jesse say to each other on a daily, daily basis. They call me Cuban Pete. I'm the king of a rumba beat. When I play the maracas, I go chick chicky boom, chick chicky boom. Yes, sir, I'm Cuban Pete. I'm the craze of my naked street. When I start to dance, everything goes chick chicky boom, chick chicky boom. What is the point in watching anything after seeing that? <laughs> Like, it's, it's just the best, the greatest scene. And I was reading, um, they hated it. The producers and the director thought that scene was terrible. They thought it went on too long and it wasn't funny. But on the screen test, everyone was like, yeah, I keep it, it was pretty lit, mate. And so, like, because, like, everyone in the audience on their screen test loved it, they kept it in. And thank God they did, because my life wouldn't be what it is today without that. The leg movements of Cuban Pete, the the dancing with the women. Oh, it's just, it has it all. It's brilliant. I love the uh, the female cop that does her singing bit and she's like singing all West End styly. It's just, it's just, it's when just they start, like their shoulders start going and they follow him with the gun as, as he's flying around the place. <laughs> it's so good. I love that scene. Um, Cameron Diaz, um, this is one of her sort first. of breakout film, yeah. I think. Was it her first film? Yeah, this is her first um, role. Uh, she looked banging in it, I think. Oh, my goodness. Um, it sort of um, affected me in strange ways, being a five-year-old little boy, be watching um, watching that. Um, also, not Where's... to, like, bring the tone down, um, but her boobs were, like, massive in that film. And then you see, like, um, something about Mary in that. Still lovely, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but not, um, but not, not as, like voluptuous it's I, I don't understand how that happens it's the magic of cinema jesse they all lie to us i'm cinema sorry to have to break this to you when she so first walks in i think you know we were talking about this before weren't we um prepubescent sexual awakenings that's the top five we need to do um and <laughs> we um, don't need to do you want we to do. need to i need to i'm speaking to the little guy downstairs <laughs> and he's saying we need to um we the bit when Cameron Diaz, when we first meet her in this film, she comes in out of the rain and like she gets a cloth and wipes herself and it's all in slow motion. That was like, so, so it was tingling away down there and little six-year-old, five-year-old Jesse was like, I didn't put any hands down there. What's going on? And then, um, <laughs> and then we found out, then we found out what it was. So that's a, that's a important moment for a childhood me um and also she had to audition 12 times for that part apparently and only got it seven days before the start of filming who knows how you could have turned out if she didn't get cast oh well apparently they were going to cast um i don't know if i've got it here um someone else i didn't um i didn't write it down but i did read that um someone else was nearly considered for the role 
And she actually, this other person died of like a prescription medication overdose a couple of years ago. But she was a typical Hollywood, like Lindsay Lohan style actress that that is the appropriate, like what you'd expect her to go with, RIP. Uh, but she, uh, yeah, if she had been cast, I saw a picture of her and I was like, my life would be very different, mate, if you were um, the love interest in the mask. There's they go, lot. Nick, you're my bitch. <laughs> You love me. You really love me. <laughs> you love me. Oh, yes, the Oscar acceptance bit as well, after he's been shot. That's amazing. We'll be in the, um... And apparently, this is another thing I read as well. Um, Jim Carrey was dead set on getting Elvis into that bit, and they'd written it, and they were like, I think Elvis is one step too far. Like, we've done like, all these other sort of characters in this little skit when you're being shot at. Don't bring in Elvis. And he was like, but I do a really good Elvis. And they were like, no. And he's like, I'm not leaving until I do Elvis. <laughs> so he didn't leave the set, refused to leave until they got an Elvis costume made and he managed to do that little bit of Elvis and get it into the film as the mask, which I think is nice. I like his stubbornness. He, he definitely has got a, a stubborn streak to him and it, it's rightly proven that it, it works out well. Yeah, it's good times. It's good times. So I've taken a screenshot on my phone for some of these facts and because I took a screenshot, it's obviously got the clock up in the top left corner from when I screenshotted. So I was looking at it thinking, fucking hell, this show's dragging it in. <laughs> like, I've been talking for ages and we're still on the same minute. But yeah, it's because of it's because of my screenshot. So don't don't worry, everyone. Um, time is moving forward. Time is moving. You'll be glad to know. <laughs> uh, there's so much around this movie and so many like, you could unpack the whole thing with all like the little trivia and quotes and nods that it's got in it. And it's, uh, yeah, it's such a brilliant movie. And one of those films that you watch when you're five, six years old and you go, ha ha, slapstick man, fall down funny. But when you're older, you get so, so much more of a appreciation for it as like all the little nuancey adult jokes. Yes, you do. Lots of lovely nuancey adult jokes. Well done. You were trying to hold that together then, weren't you? <laughs> yeah, I was a bit. You just, I don't know, I liked your impression of childhood you. It says a lot about your upbringing. That's just... says too much about my upbringing. <laughs> number two so i'm noticing mine are a lot more serious than yours i like his serious films but i feel like what we really know and love jim carrey for and what people will be listening to this show to hear are his silly stupid films so go ahead bring it down yep that's what i do at number two a tour de force of cinema the truman show Stunning film. An insurance salesman discovers his whole life is actually a reality TV show, which was a very novel, strange concept at the time. It was. It was. Um, it was a very, very good film, and it, one of those first films that makes everyone go, this, "That that could be happening to me, mate." I know it might be cameras around. It might be me. This is the show. What about that time I did a wag and put a finger in the bum? <laughs> was everyone watching me when I done that? It, like, it does make me stop doing stuff that I shouldn't be doing, just in case. Makes just in more. case. Well, uh, well, that's actually an interesting point. This is actually an issue for people. So in 2008, there was a New York Times article by a psychologist in Britain and the US who people actually were reporting having Truman Syndrome or Truman Show Delusion. And this is an actual medical issue that people believe that they're the unwitting star of this reality TV show. And people, you know, they mentioned the film and they're like, I think I'm in like a Truman Show-esque thing. And uh, back in like 2013, there was this detailed account of uh, an Ohio student who suffered for years from the Truman Show delusion. 
and it was documented in this uh, article called Unreality Star. And it's a really, really good read if you get a chance to to look at it. But I, I think it's it's true in the sense of um, people are very egotistical assholes, and everyone thinks they're the star of their own story. So of course, I think I might have it a bit. Yeah, I'd say so. Just to let you know, Some... it's not. But, so, well, but sometimes when things happen, right, like, like things happen and I think that's too convenient. Like there's, there's thing like, I don't know, like I've got, I've done some pretty cool things in my life with very mediocre talent. And I sort of, I sort of think that's not, that shouldn't have happened. <laughs> I mean, sure, someone must be controlling this. Maybe we've got double Truman Show because it's like, I know it's not because I know you're not. But what if we're both in it together? It's both us. And they deliberately made us friends at school. They somehow pushed us together. And, like, how how would they... They're so clever, aren't they? They just how made us happy, Jesse. And now, and now we're performing this show so... for everyone. And talking about the Truman Show, we're through the rabbit hole now, people. <laughs> Too deep. We we've exposed you. Imagine if it just all shut down now. End of simulation. I wonder what. Um. Again, yeah, like you're saying, it's really cool. And like pre Big Brother as well. Yeah. When this film came out, and you sort of think Big Brother and stuff sort of started now social media and that people actually are watching people all the fucking time. I could go on my phone right now and look up like an ex girlfriend from 20 years ago i could look at her facebook find out where she's checked into go there and kill her a bit but like it's that easy you know not that i've thought about it every day <laughs> anyway but, anyway <laughs> you just don't know what you can do do you but it's true I mean, like I this, do, and I this... will. shut up jesse <laughs> i will kill again <laughs> oh god I, I just don't want to be <sighs> under the sea yeah, that's one of my concerns with <laughs> being your friend. I'm going to end up under the sea. Under the sea, like an aquatic ape. Anyway, so this movie was groundbreaking. It really was a groundbreaking movie for its time because it, we were I starting like the to color. kind of what? The color. What about the color? It was all bright and lovely. Yes, it was. So it was originally meant to be kind of like a modeled on New York, and they were just going to film it around New York. But he wanted it. He found out two sci-fi, so he wanted to make sure that it had this kind of old 50s style, very inclusive for the audience, but realistic for the character feel to it uh, when they were actually shooting it. So, and, and just a kind of general breakdown of the movie and how it's kind of done. And it actually gets studied. This is actually something that gets studied in universities as part of like media and ethics courses. They... No, it's boring. not. Shut the fuck up. They... <laughs> They focus on the characters of like Kristoff, who's like the man in the sky. They focus on Marlon and his uh, the best friend and his loyalty. And the thing I find most interesting is the the prostitution of Truman's wife Meryl, because basically they hired her to be a prostitute. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. He probably fucked her. Um, he definitely uh, fucked her. Yeah, many, many times. Many, many it's, times. Yeah, good, good for her. Um, but yeah, it's I yeah. I'd forgotten about the girl who, like, she was basically an extra, wasn't she, who um, tried to infiltrate it from the inside. Do you remember? You mean, like, the main person? Yeah. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that was a good bit. <laughs> you know that you know, major character in the movie? 
Yeah, she was good. She's not that major. She runs up to him on a beach and says, oh, Truman, this is all bollocks, and gets dragged away. That's basically it, isn't it? She's the whole catalyst for him discovering the truth about his existence. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, she is a bit. She's got big eyebrows, if I remember right. You just had to get someone in there, didn't you? No, I'm just. This is. I haven't seen it for a while. I'm pretty sure that actress has large eyebrows. That's all right. I like big eyebrows on a woman. That's that's fine. That's not that's not what we're here to debate. But well, but if I, we were, I'd win. <laughs> I don't think you can win that debate. I just did. Okay. But um. Oh God, you just. You, I have points that I want to talk about, and then you talk oh, about then. eyebrows. <laughs> and it all it all goes away. It all goes away. Do you think people listening get annoyed because they think, oh, Max is about to say something really interesting, and then I sort of change the subject completely, and they think, oh, I really want to hear that? Or do you think they go, oh, thank you, Jesse, because Max went boring again, and thank you for saving it. I don't Answers know. on a postcard, I, I, please. I think there's only one way to, to find out. Twitter, Twitter poll! poll! <laughs> <laughs> so many Twitter polls, let's do them all! There's not going to be. I promise, not this many polls. By the way, at got till five if you're new. Hello. Thank you for joining Hello. us. That's Till with two L's. I know it's not right, but Max thinks it is. It is right. Editor-in-chief, bitch. <sighs> it's not anyway. That's like a Till that you put money in. No, it's not. It's it's another... Anyway. So, the director, who was Peter Weir, he wanted to have cameras installed in every single theatre that the film was shown in. And he wanted a projectionist at one point to cut the power and cut to the viewers and then quickly cut back to the movie, just to fuck with them a little bit. That's actually a really fun idea. Um, I assume it didn't happen because of things like reality. The logistics of it all is yeah. uh, a goddamn nightmare. He could have at least done it in a couple of cinemas, though, couldn't he? Yeah, that like for the cool. premiere or something. Yeah. Nowadays, fuck. you could smash it, couldn't you? Because um, um, green screens and that. Do you remember a few years ago, um, Lincoln Park released a music video um, for their song Lost in the Echo, um, which was the opening track of um their fourth album i think vaguely um anyway um what they did is they released it online and you would upload or like you'd sign in with your facebook or myspace it might have been that long ago and um it was all it, the video was all these people like running away from some sort of terrorist or something and they're all scared and they're hiding and then they get these pictures out of their pockets and look at them but because you've logged in with your myspace or facebook it's taken pictures from your account and sort of green screened them onto the photos that they're holding and looking at. Ooh. So there's these people looking like really scared and like, you know, looking at these photos longingly of like me in a bra <laughs> from like some house party in 2006. <laughs> it's, it's brilliant. Just so you just get to chuckle these pictures at it and just see these people looking scared at like pictures of you as kid. Oh god, we need to. Can, can we still fuck with that? Is that something I can still fuck with? Probably. Oh, I'll, I'll find it. I'll, I'll send you a link. It's good times. But people should try and find that if you can still do it. Well, okay. But that's I'm what sorry. they should do with Truman Show. Is what I'm saying. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I knew. I knew you had a point somewhere in there. Yes. So green screen it. Like so, you buy it now, and there'd be a green screen bit, and then you could like superimpose your own shit on there. Yeah, okay. I'm I'm on board. I'm on board. But uh yeah, this this is one of my one of my favorite movies. Not just my favorite Jim Carrey movie, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Both my one and my two are. Um and whenever I feel like the need for existential dread, I enjoy watching this movie and bringing myself down a couple of notches. Nice, but you say bring yourself down, but it sort of it does end on a 
weirdly positive note as well. It does, that kind of freedom. But like the thing I don't understand about the end of the Truman Show, so obviously he sails off, he conquers his fear of the sea, he reaches the, the, the wall and climbs up the stairs. In case I don't see you. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. What a catchphrase yes. that is. He leaves out of those doors. He has known his whole life in this controlled, simulated environment where he is the center of everything that goes on. He then walks out into, I think, New York City, Chicago, wherever it is. The fuck is that? How mentally broken is he five years from now? And that's, he's going to be a crazy me, celebrity, right? Like the whole world knows who he is. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like, like we will be when we're released. Where will we end up, do you think, when we get out of our Truman Show? Well, the world outside of ours will be completely different. We won't even know. Do you think they've combined our surnames for it? So it's called, like, the Burton Show. That'd be nice. Why not the yeah. Kearns Show? No, it doesn't work, does it? Kearns. Kearns. <laughs> you got a real put on our voice so... when you do it. Kearns. Kearns. I like that. Kearns. If we ever get married, let's call ourselves Mr. and Mrs. Kearns. It's true. There's uh, there's a picture of us in, in wedding attire on Steve's podcast. Yes, there is. Uh, just so everyone knows who's listening, now that Harry and Meghan um, have gone to Canada, um, we are more than willing to take up the mantle of Duke and Duchess of Sussex. Me and oh. Max will be taking this post very seriously. Say, we're not asking, we're taking. Yes, we're taking the post. We're just, I'm just making everyone aware so they're not surprised when they see me beheading people. I don't think that's uh, the, the duties of the Duchess, but uh, you can you can try. You're the Duchess. Oh, you're the Duchess, my friend. I think if you look at that picture, you're the Duchess. And you I'm married that. Fine naval suits, not naval, is it? It's RAF or something, I think. I don't know. They were, anyway. I don't know the difference. We're, we're off now. We're, we've sidetracked. But the the Sorry. Truman Show, fantastic movie. Everyone's seen it. Everybody loves it. Go watch it again because it still holds up today. And in fact, it has more of a meaning today than it did back then. Yes, loads of um, loads of films um, of Jim Carrey's hold up um, today. In fact, some of them, I would even argue, were slightly ahead of their time. I would agree with that. And this is definitely one of them. Correct. But now that brings us to our main event. What it's a fight, fight time. Fuck are you sipping? I'm not. I'm just going. Oh, we see. Because I'm ready for a fight. It's go time. It's one on one. Who will take the top spot for the best Jim Carrey movie? Max versus Jesse. David versus Goliath. Megan versus Harry. Jesse. <laughs> Why are they against each other? I don't know. I feel like our marriages are going to break down very quickly. Kearns. <laughs> nope. I thought you were just going to go into like a Cuban Pete remix then. (laughs) You may begin. I'm the king of the world. (laughs) (laughs) You don't look angry. You look disappointed. You you, you tickled yourself there. You tickled yourself. I popped. Um, (laughs) So who's going first on this battle? You are, sir. I just did my number two, so please. What is, okay. in your opinion, the number one Jim Carrey movie of all time? In my opinion, and I know I may be poo-pooed, but I think that the best Jim Carrey film is indeed his breakout film when he um, delighted our screens appearing as Ace Ventura, a The Pet Detective. 
Alrighty then. Alrighty then. Um, he made this role. This was just basically Jim Carrey given free reign to do what he wanted. And I love, I really love films that are so critically panned, but then do really well anyway. I've got a bit of a sick pleasure for that because who the fuck is anyone really to tell other people what's good and what isn't or what's not like i've always thought comedy in particular right it's so subjective it's like it's like how can you tell someone what's funny and what isn't it's like you know well you married that lady and i don't fancy her so does that mean you're wrong for her to be your wife do you know what i mean don't tell me what's funny or not i don't fancy your wife i'll still shag her um and (laughs) But the thing about like you're getting is, your metaphors mixed up, mate. You get <laughs> yeah, I'm getting confused. No, I won't, in this scenario, I won't. Um, oh, no, I will. I will. Um, but Ace Ventura, I think it's such a stunning film because it's so stupid. But there's something endearing about it, and the Jim Carrey that we've come to know and love, he's there fully formed in this first film. And like a lot of American people would have known him previously from a sitcom he did called In Living Colour and sort of known the, the sort of character he was. But um, over here in England, I think, um, we didn't know about that. So Ace Ventura was our first exposure. And also, you're talking about, like, with the mask, there's when you're a kid, you watch it go funny, ha-ha, let's drink some milk, then mother's milk. Then um, <laughs> as you get older, you suddenly realize oh that's a joke about blowjobs or whatever or um oh why is everyone throwing up when um when we see that lump in um einhorn's pants and like when you're a kid you think oh they're just throwing up because it looks like she's pooed herself or something it's like no it's because she's got a dick that's it that's it einhorn is finkel Finkel is Einhorn! Einhorn is a man! Oh my god! Einhorn is a man! That is like such, and that scene when he realizes Einhorn is a man might be one of the funniest things I've ever seen to this day when he's doing the plunger on his face and um, yes. sets all of his um, clothes on fire. <laughs> it's just crying in the shower. It's brilliant. I mean, it's probably that's probably a bit dated now because like there's nothing wrong with kissing the man, but probably something wrong with kissing the man if they pretended that they were a woman. That's probably. Um, do you reckon that that's probably not on? Um, I'll kiss anyone. I don't care. I know you will. I know you but... will. <laughs> I've seen. Einhorn was quite hot, I thought. But um, another good thing about this film, so yeah, there's um, blowjob bits and all that that you don't get when you're a kid, then you grow up and you realise. Um, also, I really like that I didn't realise until quite embarrassingly recently that Dan Marino was a real-life American footballer. Yeah. Who was, like, playing himself in the film. I thought that was all just made up because I don't know anything about NFL, so I didn't know. I didn't know Miami Dolphins was a real team. But you're from the know. great state of Texas. Well, I don't know. No, they're from Miami, you moron, which is Florida. And um, that's what you're laughing at. <laughs> Nothing. Go on. Go about yourself. Uh, but yeah, Dan Marino is a real person. Uh, thought it was just an actor. And I like that they include all that in the film, but it didn't alienate us as non-NFL knowledgeable people. Do you know what I mean? Very true. Very true. Very true. Um, so this um, film um, is... Um, 
good. I'm just reading some facts, but I can't see anything. You're really good um, at stooling and thinking on your feet. I like that about you. <laughs> right, yeah, right, good. Yep, okay, nice. Yep, right, okay, good. Um, cannibal corpse are in it. That's fun. Where are cannibal corpse in it? When he goes to that nightclub and there's that heavy metal band playing on stage, that's Cannibal Corpse. Ah. Ah, it was Jim Carrey's favourite band, so he requested that they um, that they do it, and they did, which is fun, isn't it? That is fun. I do. Yeah. Unexpected. Unexpected yeah. fun. There you go. He's a big heavy metal fan. Hmm. And, um, uh, yeah, this was a massive surprise hit. Um, also, I'm reading here, um, Carrie Ann Moss was um in the running to play um what's her face courtney cox's part oh yeah um before she got it um what what did carrie ann moss look like in 1994 um i, I can't say off the top of my head I can, I can picture her recently but i presume okay you reckon i don't know apparently courtney cox hates this film and um refuses to even acknowledge she ever did it why Bed, you have to ask her, mate. Well, welcome our guest this evening. <laughs> She'll be there for me. Um, it's yeah. So apparently Jennifer Aniston like bullied her about it relentlessly. <laughs> That's friends. I guess if you, yeah, I don't know. It's it, it's a it's a fantastic movie, but I guess it's not the the high credible first movie you want to be doing when you're trying to break away or you're in TV to be associated with Ace Ventura. Well, you say that, but then you look at um, all the money rolling in and the fact that it's literally number one at the box office, a complete surprise hit. This is such a B-movie comedy, or was intended to be, and just became this massive, massive hit. I don't think you're too bothered. It, it's true. Now, I do get a bit confused between the first and the second one. Do not know. The second one, I will say the second one has not aged well, is not very funny, and it's just a generally bad film. The first one is fantastic. Okay, I do enjoy the second one because there are some very funny bits in it. I think with modern kind of ideals, it doesn't really add up anymore. But which is the one where it starts with the raccoon and he can't save it and it drops to his death? That is the second one. Which, okay, um... that, is, that is the worst way to start a movie for me. I was... Well, I, I didn't. I know what you mean, right in the feels, but I didn't understand until recently. That is a direct parody of a Sylvester Stallone film, right? Um, where which I just happened to see on telly one day. I can't even remember what the film's called. They ripped this off from his venture. Yeah, <laughs> but there's this bit. It's like scene for scene, except it's with a girl, not a raccoon, and he's Good. like trying to save this girl. And then it slips and she falls. And that's the start of this film. And the film is about Sylvester Stallone coming to terms with the guilt of dropping this girl. Um, I didn't know that. And so I, I literally was watching it going, this is just fucking Ace Ventura. What's going on? But with Sylvester Stallone, <laughs> it turns out that it, Ace Ventura was parodying it. And it must be a much more famous film than I'm giving it credit for. Because people must have got that, except me. Now we've got a new audience of people screaming at us compared to wrestling fans. Yeah. <laughs> It's like that was Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> he dropped Adrian. Oh, I love the idea of Sylvester Sloan dropping a raccoon. That really brings yeah, a lot of joy well, to my heart. I mean, in, in the, this day and age, we could probably mash up the two seeds and make something beautiful. It, when I get the time, Jesse, I'll, I'll see what I can kind of pull off for you. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Anything else? Um, 
No, I don't think so. I just I think it's uh, a good film. It's very funny. It started the career of the film Hollywood career of the man that this whole episode is dedicated to. I think that justifies it of being number one. Wow. Look at you coming out of the gate with hot fire. Fucking boom! Are you ready fire! for me? To... Are you ready for me to? Fire! Are you ready for me to? Fire! <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready for me to bring the mood down? Ah, oh, yeah, okay. Uh, for anyone that Max told me not to mention this, in case he doesn't end up using it, but we are actually um, on camera to each other at the moment, which is something we've never done before. So it's quite fun just seeing his looks of disappointment on his face, uh, it, it, which I've never really seen before when we've been doing this show. My look of disappointment now is Max said not to mention that we're recording this. <laughs> I'm an anarchist, baby. You fucking, you're, you're summoned. I'll give you that. You're summoned. Oh, yeah. People listening to this podcast for the first time must be like, these two hate each other. Or Max <laughs> hates Jesse. But I think that's what it's like. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like a happy little puppy. You're just waiting to go out. I'm your carer. That's what it feels like. <laughs> so, I can't wait till I've got a carer. Can you? How good will it be when we get old and have carers and that? Well, my theory for the future when we're old is we're just going to all be plugged into VR and just shit and piss ourselves. Oh, man. I tried uh, VR for the first time with you. Um, when I was round yours last, Max got VR for Christmas uh, with the headsets, and I'd never done it before, so I tried Max's. It's fucking weird, mate. I nearly when we were playing that golf game, and I turned to my left, and our um, I nearly called her a roadie, which she got a caddy, caddy. Uh, was like standing right in my fucking face. It was like Jesus, love. Do you want to get any closer? And then um, when you was wearing it, I jolted you and scared you, and I thought it'd be funny, but you didn't find it funny, and you got no. quite upset at me. <laughs> But you still laughed for a good fifteen minutes afterwards. <laughs> you really screamed like a girl. I wish I'd, um, I wish I'd filmed it. It was funny. But you were like, you were like, it's no, it's health and safety. You're not supposed to do that. It might kill me. You've broken the rules of the VR. And scared the scared the shit out of me. I was so focused, <laughs> and I trusted you. I trusted you as a friend, and you ruined it. You were so just the way you started, like you literally word for word started like reciting the health and safety manual. That comes <laughs> number one, but I'm not Fraser. Funny. Anyway, uh, bring the mood down. Was your number one? And he's never been invited round since. <laughs> So my number one is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Joel Barish is a heartbroken that his girlfriend underwent a procedure to erase him from her memory, and he decides to do the same. But then as the memories fade, he realizes the mistakes that he has made. Oh, that rhymed a little. (laughs) Was that your rhyme, or was you reading it from somewhere I I was like half reading, improvising, and I made it rhyme. Very good. You're better than me. I just try and read things and go, okay, um, uh, yes, right, okay, nearly there. It's my it's my specialty. It's what I do, Jesse. It's my job. So this is a very inventive. It's very beautifully crafted as a movie, and it's beautifully crafted from both angles of being in front of the camera and behind the camera. And I've deliberately minimized my video so I can't see Jesse's face, so I can actually focus while I'm talking about this. I shall be indoors. You shall be. So Charlie Kaufman is kind of the marmite of film. You either love him or you hate him. And I think that's kind of fair to say with stuff like John Malkovich and the the one with Nicolas Cage and The Alligator. Very strange movies. But I would say... I that really this like is... being John Malkovich. 
exactly he's like marmite i i love uh love a bit of kaufman but a lot of people go no this is this is not okay fair enough i know so this movie itself is hang on hang on i fucked up what did you do i fucked up what did you fuck up i forgot to write down who directed it like a tit oh it was michael gondry that was it not Kaufman. No, well, they no, no. They, they wrote it <laughs> together. They wrote it together, but uh, Michael Gondry ended up directing it. And he has a great visual style uh, with his movies that he kind of puts into this. Now, the reason that this movie is so good is because, by the way, if you're ever in a breakup situation, you watch this immediately, and it will either make everything better or make everything ten times worse. There's no. Yeah, I was going to of... say they get back together and fall in love again, and like that ain't happening with you, mate. Yeah, but you kind of it depends what you take away from it. It's either like, yeah, you can you can wipe the memories and move on and be a better person and, and try and realize that that relationship was not for you, or you still hold on to the hope that you'll get together. There's, uh, there's it, again, it's like Charlie Kaufman. There's no in between. It's one or the other with them, and just the whole visual idea of like when the signs start disappearing and, and the house starts folding in itself, and you've got this kind of faltering relationships and remembering stuff as it was. Uh, and then seeing the kind of truth of it and watching that kind of death of this relationship is just so beautiful by showing the emotion behind it. And when you're kind of looking at this film, it's, I don't know, it's just, I, I think it's the character of Clementine that I enjoy so much because Clementine is obviously this um, very early 2000s ideal woman that you saw it portrayed in films all the time of this like bohemian free spontaneity gregarious you know that kind of character was like the woman in independent cinema i had a drunken one night stand with a girl once um who when i was drunk i was like this is brilliant she's just like clementine from eternal sunshine you had a point and and i woke up in the morning and uh, she wasn't she just had blue hair that was the only similarity exactly. and also she said she lived in Cheltenham and I woke up and I was like good because I got work in Cheltenham tomorrow and I go out of her house and I hear a cow <laughs> and I'm like oh this no is not, this is not Cheltenham Just <laughs> 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 in a field and I hear some mooing and I, thought, I need to get back <laughs> um yeah I can't remember how that ended that um, I can't remember how I got back carry on anyway uh so as I was saying she's not your typical <laughs> indie romantic interest she's uh did you ever see the movie garden state that came out that same year with natalie portman no okay so basically natalie portman in garden state is this kind of um perfect what we're talking about where she's this like spontaneity gregarious kind of character but she's completely unattainable whereas the clementine character is does kind of have that attainable aspect to her you know yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, even even Elijah Wood pulls her. Yeah, exactly. So there's there's that kind of element to her, and I I feel like that's the beauty of these this movie. They're they're both so equally flawed as each other. Like both Joel and Clementine are so flawed, but Kaufman allows them to, you know, make their virtues and weaknesses, their kind of strength and Winslet plays the character so so well. And yeah, then awesome. we get this view of Jim Carrey as this kind of insular. Um, hidden person that I feel like the whole movie just from the the offset just challenges everything from relationships, how you're watching the movie, how you're interacting with the movie and how you're really connecting with the characters as well. So just overall, the whole visual story 
concept was just executed perfectly. I agree. And like no goofiness from Jim Carrey no. at all in this film. Just straight acting and smashes it, mate. Yeah. Yeah, like um Clementine is the is the goofiest character. Kate Winslet's the Yeah, it's the, the... right. My name is Clementine, by the way. I'm Joel. Hi, Joel. No jokes about my name. Oh no. You wouldn't do that if you're trying to be nice. I don't know any jokes about your name. Huckleberry Hound. I don't know what that means. Huckleberry Hound? Are you nuts? It's been suggested. <laughs> oh, my darling, no, oh, my darling, no, oh, my darling, Clementine. You were lost and gone forever. Dreadful sorry, Clementine. No? <laughs> sorry. It's, just, it's a pretty name, though. It really is nice. It uh, means merciful, right? Uh, clemency. Although it hardly fits. I'm a vindictive little bitch, truth be told. Who else is it? Oh, what's the other one that's in it? The little blonde one. Little blonde one? Yeah. Who's little and blonde? The 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 one the other one in this who has the thing for the professor. Oh uh, shit, yeah. Kirsten um, Dunst. Mary Jane, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um yeah, Kirsten Dunst. Oh, I love Kirsten Dunst. I sent you a picture of her the other day saying, Doesn't she look banging now that she's like a bit older? And you just completely ignored it. It's probably because I was doing work. I just, that's you don't you stop work when I send you pictures of ladies. <laughs> I never do. I know. <laughs> I look at it. I'm having a meeting, or I'm having a chat with someone, or I'm doing some stuff, and I go, "Uh huh." Yeah, I put it down. <laughs> Kirsten does is awesome. Not only is she hot to trot, but you know, which is nice. Um, she um, has a cracking career because, like, she does these massive Hollywood films, but she's also respected enough as an actor that she does these really cool sort of art house projects as well. Yeah, and uh, like is loved by both sides of the fence. Not many actors can do that, especially I have to say, not many female actors can do that play like you know sexy leads in hollywood films and also do this cool art house stuff but kirsten dunn smashes it but how fucked up was her story in this movie where it's um because it's her and howard the, the doctor kind of having the affair together and then he gets her pregnant and then he pressures her into an abortion and then wipes that from her memory like was that in there yeah that's like a little subplot that runs along there I know that I know that they had an affair previously, and yeah. she got um, her memory wiped. I don't remember the abortion bit. Yeah, and then she finds pregnant. out that uh, there was an unplanned pregnancy, and he he forced her to get the abortion and and wiped that aspect, and then that's why she's like, "Yeah, fucking dick." I have no memory of that. I've watched this film a lot, and I never picked up on the abortion bit. I know, like the wife of the doctor comes and sort of says, "You know, oh, you've fallen in love again, you dick, or whatever." Got no memory of the abortion thing. Get back on it, Jesse. It's there. Yeah, need to. Completely missed that. But Great. yeah, cool story. Yeah, because you got a cool story, bro. Because you got like <laughs> Kirsten Dunst. You mentioned Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood's fantastic in this. Yeah, he's he a little, he uh... great in this. Uh, this film made me like him, actually, because um, I've never really been a Lord of the Rings fan. And I always, he, his face always irritated me a bit with his stupid watery eyes. But um, then I saw this and I saw Sin City and I was like, actually, Elijah Wood, you're all right. Elijah Wood's a fantastic actor. Like, yeah, I'm I'm converted now. Really, really good. Also got Mark Ruffalo in it. Got a bit of Hulk in there. So you know, oh, is he um the the boyfriend of Kirsten Dunst? The, the technician, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so it, right. it's just he looks a bit like Johnny Knoxville. He does have a bit of a Knoxville vibe. You are correct in that. You are correct in that. But yeah, I thanks. just um I, I I love some of the stuff like when they get into the house and it starts filling with water and the way they kind of filmed that. And I also love um, 
when they're under the kitchen table and he's like a kid. I just think. Oh yeah, that's cool. Yeah, Jim Carrey and just knocks this out of the park. Um, Kate Winslet's skirt when yeah. she's dressed as his mother, which is a bit weird. Yeah, exactly. It's it's yeah, it's so weird. But I, I think this is like Jim Carrey's main starring. If you're gonna say what is the best Jim Carrey movie for his like acting and stuff, it's got to be Eternal Sunshine. Yeah, I think I agree. And um, I don't I'm know. No, no, um, because no. that's a different. That's a different reason for a number one. Your number one reason is saying this is his best performance. My number one reason is saying if it wasn't for Ace Ventura, we wouldn't have Jim Carrey. Eternal Sunshine wouldn't have happened if Ace Ventura hadn't happened, my friend. So number one is clearly Ace Ventura. We'll put it to the people and we'll find out on the next episode what is the pinnacle. The pinnacle is that the right word? Yeah, pinnacle number pinnacle one. Of his career. Yeah, Jim Carrey movie. Um, cool. But quickly before we run out of time, let's uh, let's knock out some honorable mentions here. Uh, I want to mention the majestic, which underrated I think... as fuck is yeah. the majestic. The majestic is a great film. I stumbled across this one day. Um, I had, I think I was off. I was sick from work or something, and I just came across this movie and I saw Jim Carrey in it, and I was like, I'll give it a go. But it's a guy in the 50s who <coughs> has a car accident. He gets amnesia, he washes up in his town, and they swear he's this um, forgotten soldier of the town. And then he kind of assimilates his life while he's got amnesia, but then his memory starts to come back and he remembers who he is. And it's just a beautifully written... I, it's it's like super Americana, white picket fence type movie, but it is sweet as shit. And there's a weird communist subplot in there as well. Yeah, there is. It's great. And um, this was more serious acting from Jim Carrey as well. It's not really a comedy. And I think this film came out too early in his career. Like, people mm. weren't ready for Jim Carrey to not be funny. They needed something like The Truman Show to go, oh, fuck, this guy can act. Um, so this film came out, I think. So he'd done um, Ace Ventura. He'd done The Cable Guy, which we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about in a sec, which actually flopped as well, even though that's a fantastic film. Um, the Mask, um, Dumb and Dumber, Liar Liar, so all these goofy films, and then had a go at Majestic, and it was like, whoa, like we're not ready for that, Jim. That's yep. too serious. And then um, Truman Show sort of transitioned him quite nicely into more serious acting. But if you've never seen it, because I know a lot of people haven't actually watched Majestic, it is well worth kind of hunting down, and it's quite, it's not the easiest movie to find. But if you if you can track it down, I definitely recommend it because it's just this very very sweet story, I'd say. Yeah, I agree. It's lovely. And we just mentioned The Cable Guy. That's what I'd like to bring up. Um, that's mm-hmm. another sort of forgotten Jim Carrey film, I think. Um, it's um, directed by Ben Stiller. I think it was his directorial it debut. Um, and it's it's just great. It's got Matthew Broderick in it as well. Um, Andy Dick makes an appearance, like he always does in these films. Um, just, yeah, lovely, lovely. Uh, not lovely. It's kind of like a sort of comedy horror almost, but um, done really, really well. It, uh, Jim Carrey plays a cable guy who fixes the cable for Matthew Broderick um, and just gets a bit too attached. He's a um, borderline stalker, this cable guy. And um, it's for, oh, Jack Black's in it as well, in one of his very oh, yeah. few roles that I don't want to kill him in. <laughs> I Is hate this... Jack Black. My favorite story about Jack Black is you hate Jack Black so much that I managed I to ruin the Blues Traveler for you. 
as a band. Oh, you did as well. Blues Traveller, a band that I absolutely love. Um, I was listening to them, rocking out as you do. Best harmonica play you've ever heard, Blues Traveller. It was hook we were listening to. It's great. And then Max is like, oh, is this like Tenacious D? Sounds like Jack Black. No, no, I knew who Hook was. I knew who, who Blues Traveller was. But I said, if you listen to the the solo in um in hook it sounds like jack black when he's doing that <laughs> kind of deal and then there's yeah. like a glass shattering moment behind jesse's eyes of just oh and he's never listened to them since never listened to blues traveler since i actively um destroy devices that play blues traveler now because it makes me think of jack black i hate him i'm sorry don't at me you fuckers if you like jack black um i i just can't stand him i know i was saying earlier everyone's entitled to um like find what they like funny and like no one should judge anyone else but if you like jack black i fucking hate you so <laughs> and people that attempt to imitate him i hate them even more oh this Cunt. is gonna be a running theme for our show. <laughs> so uh <laughs> got five jack black movies Oh, oh Jesus! God, for grit teeth, gritted teeth, you do that with me. There are two Jack Black films I will tolerate, which is Cable Guy and High Fidelity. Mm. Will not watch any other Jack Black film. Ones where he has very small bit parts in. Yes, basically. Okay, good to know. Good to know. Uh, yes, fantastic movie. The scene in the um, medieval restaurant, whatever. Oh yeah, that's medieval brilliant. times. Yeah, one of my favorites and the actual visual of Matthew Broderick laughing is fantastic. <laughs> uh, number two honourable mention, Man on the Moon. Yes, what? Man on the Moon is good. And more importantly, the documentary that spawned last year, Jim and Andy. I fucking love that documentary. I watch it too much. Jim Carrey was a pain in the ass. What a dick. Film. What, what a, a dick. dick. He was like more of a nightmare than Andy Kaufman actually was. Yeah. But it was his idol, and he went proper Daniel Day-Lewis with this shit and decided to get into character with it. But on a fit, like, I, I sort of disagree with you on this because everyone's like, oh, it's so cool that he did that. And it's like, eh, it would be cool if he actually had Daniel Day-Lewis, this film, and it was brilliant. A Man on the Moon is a good film, but it's not, it's not great. It's not a great film, really. I'd like to kick up such a fuss and be so method about it all to make this slightly better than average film about Andy Kaufman is just makes you look like a dickhole. I think because you expect to with people like Daniel Day-Lewis and, and those kind of method actors, like Jim Carrey had never really done that before to go that method with it. So for him to go immediately call me Andy all the time and just don't do anything else and pick and fights with Jerry Lawler and all this kind of stuff. You would be a bit like, what the fuck is going on? But the documentary is just phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Yeah, it's good. Liar Liar, another great film. Very, okay. very quotable. Liar Liar is the I took it out of my uh out of my list because me and Jesse realized we uh we had very similar tastes and it was difficult not to kind of put this in so a couple of facts about liar liar jim carrey actually turned down the role of dr evil in austin powers international man of mystery so he could be in this movie oh really that's interesting yes so the plan from the start wasn't for mike myers to play both roles no uh ham was to have a bit of uh, jim carrey in it and my absolute favorite bit of trivia that we've mentioned for the whole evening is this right here i mentioned it to jesse earlier he mentioned in living color and in living color there was a character that jim carrey came up called fire marshal bill and fire marshal bill is the funniest fucking character ever 
in yeah, any great. sketch just, show. You, YouTube him. YouTube Fire Marshal Bill, and there's loads of sketches from Living Color on YouTube. There's it's amazing. Just a build up of a story with Fire Marshal Bill. <laughs> Basically, I learned this today. Jesse learned this today. In the scene where he falls off, uh, he's in the airport and he falls off the um, the, the stairs, the, the airport stairy thingies, and he's on the stretcher and his wife comes up. Jim Carrey is actually cameoing in his own movie behind uh, all of the actors as Fire Marshal Bill with his like teeth out and his <laughs> doing all that kind of stuff. Uh, and I just think that's incredible. It is. Yeah, it's beautiful. And uh, I love that. And I want to rewatch the film now just for that bit after you told me about it. I didn't believe it. And then I watched the clip and I was like, it fucking is. It's Fire Marshal Bill. <laughs> uh, also, when he is beating himself up in the restroom, which is one of mine and Jesse's favorite quotes of all time. Do you mind? Kick <laughs> in my ass. There's yeah. no sound effects were used. They were actually just Jim Carrey slamming his head into urinal, the floor, the walls. They did no sound effects on that whatsoever. That was just him beating the crap out of himself. That's brilliant. Can you drop in, I'm kicking my ass, do you mind? Um, into this episode, thank you. Because um, that, yeah, that is one of our favourite quotes that we say it probably every day. Probably. Uh, this is honestly one of my favourite Jim Carrey comedy comedy films. Yeah, yeah, it is good. Um, I hate the little boy. Yeah, Max? Yeah, well, punch him in the face. Probably his name, I think. Probably. Um, <laughs> Foreshadowed. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, um, I hate children. No, like, I hate um, little American kids in films quite a lot, and um, he's no different. They all look the same in these 90s ones. Yeah, they do. And his hair's too long. It, uh, oh, I've just bought a stupid snip. Not the claw. I wish for just one day, my dad couldn't tell a lie. It's like, don't be so butthurt, you stupid little shrimp. <laughs> he doesn't know the implications of that. Yeah, well, he fucking found out, didn't he? Oh, he fucking found out, he did. Uh, uh, but that final scene when he, he wins the court case was just like, oh. <laughs> I love and a good the court. truth set you, you free. free. I, yeah, adore that movie so much. That is yeah, my number one honourable mention, for sure. Nice. Cable Guy is probably my number one honourable mention. Go see it if you haven't, people. I think that's fair. Um, yeah, if you haven't seen any of the movies we mentioned, we've spoiled majority of the plot lines, but you could probably look out for the little little quips we gave you. <laughs> Find there you some go. more enjoyment there. some facts. There you go. Look, how do you think this went? Oh, it was our first show, first non-wrestling show. I feel like after a bit of a rocky start, but we 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 uh, we, we got back into it, and uh, right. I think it was good. <laughs> Don't, why are you why are you Pretty ruining shit. it? Pretty <laughs> shit. I'm very upset right now. <laughs> no, I I enjoyed it. Um, it it was nice to talk about something other than the rassles, and we're both big Jim Carrey fans, so it was nice to kind of uh, talk about other things that we're passionate about. Because me and Jesse are passionate about a lot. We're not very book learned or very <laughs> smart worldly, but we love media and pop culture, and we know it very well. Yes. So um, your ear holes will be um, buggered with all sorts of pop culture over the next probably 100 years. 100 years, yeah. We said until, uh, until um, what's his face? Jim Carrey's prison character. Forgotten already. <laughs> Jesus. The one that ain't Philip Morris. The one that ain't Philip Morris. Stephen J. Russell. The minute he's released, we'll stop doing this podcast. There we go. That's our petition. Oh, everyone's like, quick, sign it. Get him off the air. Get him off. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on this episode. It really means a lot if you uh, have listened and if you stuck around with us. It's been great. If you are new, 
please subscribe. Uh, we're going to be doing this every two weeks. We've got a lot of really fun episodes planned and a lot of cool stuff. So Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts, we are there. Just search Got Till 5 and subscribe. Uh, stay tuned to the YouTube channel. You can search as Got Till 5. Also go on Twitter, which is Got Till 5 again. But if you can't remember all of those places, there's a, there's a handy one-stop shop you can go to, and that is gotto5.com. Oh, it gives me chills every goddamn time. We'll be back in two weeks' time. Thank you for joining us on our first episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Jesse, thank you for being a pleasure as always. I'm going to go research aquatic monkeys right now. Thank you. It's an amazing theory. Everyone else do it as well. If you've taken anything from this Jim Carrey podcast, it should be Aquatic Monkeys. I can't wait to disprove it. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog is out on February 14th with the lovely Jim Carrey. Let's hope it's another absolute classic for the man. We'll be back in two weeks' time with a new top five. Don't know what's on yet. Stay tuned to the socials. Thank you and good night. Bye! That's weird. Bye. I wasn't happy about that. Do you want to do it again? There we go. <laughs> Clearer, cleaner. <laughs>